Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Bunny Michael. Connecting to your higher self is an unlearning process. Unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. Success, fulfilling relationships, self-acceptance, inner peace— All of that begins when we realize that that is what we deserve, what we've always deserved. Aligning with your higher self is an awakening process and it is no easy feat. But as you will learn from the callers on this podcast, our journeys might look different, but our path is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 111. What a magical number for the episode right before the new year. I love that. I love that so much. I hope that you're all doing well. I know this time of year is like kind of like chill time, the time between Christmas and New Year's. I know I've been feeling like pretty much not doing anything, and I think that's great. I hope that when you're listening to this, you have some nice New Year's plans. Even that means just chilling out at home, drinking some apple cider. I don't know, (laughs) however you want to do it. One of the things that I think is really important when it comes to this time of year, because everybody's like, what's your New Year's resolution? What's your goals? We start to feel this pressure like, oh, or we reflect back like, we didn't accomplish this or I didn't get this done. And then you feel you didn't do enough. And let me just tell you, as much as we want to plan for our future, as much as we want to set these goals, the fact of the matter is we are living in a world that is so unpredictable and we are constantly being thrown things that we never thought were going to happen. I mean, 2022, just on a worldly level, has been really wild, I mean, Roe versus Wade was overturned. I mean, all of this political stuff, war in Ukraine, like there's just so many things that go on. And yes, it's good to make plans. Yes, it's good to set goals, but we have to give ourselves the grace to be flexible in that stuff and to recognize that our growth isn't always this linear thing. And a lot of times we have to grow in ways we didn't think we were going to need to grow. Or maybe something happened in our personal life that really challenged us and we had to move through that. And there's no way we could have predicted that. So as you set your New Year's goals, remember the most important goal 
is to give ourselves the compassion, the grace, the love, the encouragement, not to shame ourselves, but to remind ourselves that at every step of our journey, that we are enough and that we deserve to have joy in our life. And joy happens by letting ourselves, giving ourselves permission to be enough. It doesn't happen just by accomplishing a goal, right? Or else that that joy from meeting a goal is very real and and you should be proud of yourself for meeting a goal, but that's a temporary joy, right? And then it's like, okay, what's the next goal? And you don't wanna be in a cycle where you need to reach goals in order to be happy. You wanna be in a place within yourself where the process is enjoyable, where the process, you're at peace with the process because that's the majority of your life, right? We're in a constant state of process. And finding joy in that process is really saying, okay, at every single step, I'm enough. Then you can look around and be like, wow, there really is a lot to enjoy at this stage. I love this stage. (laughs) This stage is great. And in our last bonus episode, actually, we had a question um, from a listener, from a subscriber about having jealousy for another artist and another musician, it was in this case, who's further along down in their career and this person, the listener was just getting started and how do they deal with that jealousy? And, and part of my response was that, please take the time to enjoy being at the beginning. Being at the beginning of something is a very amazing place to be because you are free of those expectations. I often look back at people who are just getting started in certain stuff and I'm like, I have like a ting of like, oh, I remember that. Like, that was awesome. I wish I would have enjoyed it more at the time, (laughs) right? Because things don't necessarily get easier when you grow or when you have more success. It's just, it's just another stage. So we really need to just let ourselves be enough and keep on our healing path. And that's all we should expect from ourselves, this kindness, kindness. All right, happy new year. Let's get to the questions. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I found myself writing this while unable to sleep. I feel like I'm going mad. I need someone to be looking out for me with my best interests at heart at all times because I cannot be trusted with myself. I am too fragile and I will break. Without this, I fear I'm doomed. I simply absolutely cannot do it for myself. I cannot do this for myself. I always prove my worst fears right. I am uncontrollable. I am lazy, slovenly, disorientedly self-destructive. I need someone to hold and love me as I am. I fear without my partner, what feels like the only person who will overlook my flaws and somehow manage to find me attractive, disabled, trans, conventionally ugly in recovery. Now they are gone and I am broken. I fear no one will ever love me that way, so boldly, beautifully, and so wholly and completely ever again. Without my coping mechanisms too, I wonder if I'll ever look up at the ceiling in the morning and think, I've got this, I'm happy, I trust, I feel joy, I am loved, I am exactly where I need to be. 
I'm doing enough. I am enough. I've done it. I'm grateful for more than just the sunshine on the flats or an okayish day or the absence of fighting in the house or dust motes and then light. Bigger things, maybe. Complete and finished things, maybe. Help for a lost soul? I can't seem to get it, and I've been trying. I'm still frustrated. I know I don't hate myself, but I hate how it feels to be alive, and I hate years of being told that I hate myself when I know I don't. I just hate how it feels to be me in this context, and there's a difference. It's experiential and feels hopeless, winding, never-ending. If I don't tend to the garden of my life, it falls into disrepair and pestilence instantly. I wish it were easier. From a crying soul in the night. Hi, love. First, I want to say that your letter, even though you're struggling, it was a really beautiful letter and you are such a thoughtful, feeling person, obviously a creative person, um, very poetic. And that's really, really beautiful. You know, our most important relationship is with ourselves. And the reason why I chose to do this work and this podcast, etc., is because that's something that I finally grew to see. I had been searching for so long for this permission to tell myself I was enough as if it was just going to happen, as if something in my life was going to arrive one day or something was going to turn the corner um, on the circumstances of my life and say, okay, now, now I can love myself. Now I can tell myself I'm enough. Now I can be kind to myself. Now I can be that loving voice, whether it was a partner or a career success or healing with my family. I just kept searching, searching, searching until I realized that what I had been searching for was within me. I'm the one that's going to tell myself those things. I'm the one who I needed. I needed my love, my own care, my own acceptance. And when we realize that, Rather than looking outside of ourselves constantly for that validation, we realize actually we're the ones who give ourselves permission to love ourselves, to accept ourselves, to tell ourselves we're enough, to tell ourselves we're beautiful and worthy and loving and that we deserve joy and peace and all of the things that everybody else in this world deserves. The higher self perspective is really looking at ourselves and the world through a different lens. We are so used to looking at ourselves through a lens of lack. It's how we were conditioned. It's how we were raised. And in order to unlearn that stuff, we actually have to make an effort to flip the script. We actually have to start telling ourselves the things that intuitively we know are true. And when you're writing this letter to me and you're and and all this stuff is coming out kind of this unconscious writing and you're saying I want to wake up one day and say I'm enough I feel joy I am loved I'm exactly where I need to be where that intuitive 
knowledge of those things that you want to say, the where that's coming from is because there's a place deep within you and it's your higher self knowing that those are the things that you should be saying to yourself. It's not that something needs to happen one day in order for you to be able to say those things. It's actually giving yourself permission to say them. And when you start telling yourself and encouraging yourself and treating yourself with kindness, it's just like any other relationship. When you're in a relationship with a partner and that partner is constantly telling you you're not enough or that partner is constantly telling you you're never going to make it, you're never going to be successful, you're ugly, you're too reliant on this or you're not, you're failing at this, like You're in a relationship with yourself. And when you treat yourself and constantly tell yourself those things, of course, it's going to be disheartening. And when you are used to treating yourself like that, and then you get a partner or somebody comes into your life and they give you a lot of love and it feels so good, you think, oh, they're the answer. They're the ones who are going to make me okay. And all of us, we do this all the time, right? We find somebody who we really love or somebody who finally treats us right. And we think they're the answer to our prayers. But really all of that person is doing is showing you something that is already there. They're like a mirror reflecting your own worth. They're just somebody who's telling you the truth about yourself. They're not somebody who's giving you that truth. And then when that relationship ends, because you think, that they were the answer to that, when the relationship ends, you don't feel like you have access to your self-worth. But you do. And you always did before your partner and during your partnership and after. And that's really the lesson here. The lesson here is that you have to give yourself that permission. And no, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy in this world to do that because all of the messaging out there doesn't teach us how to do that, right? But that's why we choose to be on this path. This is the path where we take the initiative, where we put in the spiritual discipline to change our relationship with ourselves because we know we deserve better. Not only do we deserve better, but so does every other human being on this planet. The reason why we live in this world that conditions us to not feel like we're enough is because we are living in a thought system that is repeating the same cycle. And so not only are we here to break free of that thought system in order for us to finally accept ourselves and have joyful lives and experience pleasure and just let ourselves be enough. But that awakening is also transforming the way this world runs so that future generations will not be in the same position as we are. So this stuff is really important and you are really important. And we have all had those times in our life where we feel overwhelmed with despair, where we wake up in the middle of the night in a panic, where we think we can't make it. But when we are in that position, it is also 
when we are right on the precipice of awakening to a very deep truth, something that we've been meant to awaken to, something that has been long overdue. You could call it the dark night of the soul, right? Where you feel like you've lost everything and what are you left with? Yourself. And when everything else is gone, you finally see, oh, maybe I am enough. Maybe this is what I need. Maybe all of that other stuff was a distraction to me finally realizing that I am part of all creation, that I was created whole and beautiful. And how could I possibly put myself down? I mean, look at us, we're these amazing creatures capable of creativity and all types of thoughts and our imagination and self-expression and all the range of emotions that we have and our bodies that adapt to the environment and try to protect us. And I mean, yes, it's true that we live in a difficult world and coping with that takes skill and learning healthy coping mechanisms takes skill. And yes, being on a path of your higher self means that you have to make changes in your environment. You have to start telling yourself affirmations. You have to do other healing practices like therapy or meditation and yoga or somatic healing and, and really take the initiative to prepare yourself for that. But even that, even the awakening process is, is, really, really beautiful and amazing and magical. Even being challenged in that way is how we evolve. Even our suffering is teaching us really, really beautiful lessons about who we are. So I would encourage you to find ways to give yourself permission to tell yourself the things that inside you know you need to hear. Not from a partner, but from yourself. And what other changes you can make in your life to support that relationship with your higher self. What boundaries, what relationships, what environmental things, what healing things. It's a new year and it's a time for us to look at our environment, look at our lives and think, okay, how can I help myself more on this path? How can I help myself heal? How can I help myself keep awakening to my worth? What do I need to do? What needs to change? And the fact that you wrote into this podcast means that you know you need to hear this. What led you to write into this podcast wasn't your self-loathing. It was your higher self knowing that you deserve better. That's what is driving you. And all you have to do is keep going. One day at a time, one thought at a time. I'm sending you so much love.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following question was submitted on our site. Hi, Bunny. I just had a rough breakup with someone I deeply love. I think we overall cultivated an amazing relational environment, and both of us had said that it was the most secure relationship that we've had thus far. The hard conversations were still uncomfortable, but safe and even fun. Who high fives during a what are we conversation where we aren't initially on the same page, but works towards togetherness? We did. I'm so grateful for the safety, security, radical honesty, and love that we shared. Unfortunately, our triggers and walls got in the way and we ended up breaking up during a reactive phone call, which was on me. I, in a triggered state, said some disrespectful things and tested and it went down in flames. In the months since, I have been working diligently on my boundaries and obstacles to having a more secure and loving relationship. I've been writing a document on relational frameworks around trust, uncertainty, safety, triggers, and love from lessons I've been learning from amazing folks like you, my therapist, Bell Hooks, Esther Perel, Colin Bendel, the more than human world, the cosmos, and more. I've also been working on implementation along with that awareness via some somatic work, meditation, and journaling. I have it on my mind to reach out to her after Mars retrograde to see if she'd be interested in trying again. I'm thinking of writing her a letter to apologize and, since sorry without action isn't enough, sharing the frameworks I'd like to put in practice with her. Is this totally extra? Should I just move on? I feel like traditional wisdom is to just move along. But what if I feel like this is my healing journey to say, you're the one I choose. I've struggled with being the one to say this in the past, but I don't want to have that be my barrier anymore. I want you to be my person. I trust us to make this work. I love her spirit, how she connects with the world, how empathetic and caring she is, how committed to togetherness she is. Her laughter is honey. Her gaze holds sunsets. There is so much safety when we embrace. I feel like this is a big love and I'd hate to have it end the way it did. Please let me know if you have any advice. Thank you so much. Hi, babe. Wow, you are really doing the work and you should be so proud of yourself. Really, really proud of yourself. You're so caring. You're so thoughtful. 
You're so aware. And yes, even though we have awareness and we are responsible and we are loving people, we can still get triggered. We can still say things that we don't mean. We can still have regrets. We can still make mistakes. It happens. I get triggered. I say things I don't mean in fights with my partner. I have to make amends. Um, and that process isn't easy, right? But it doesn't mean that we're not able to find healing around that and, and think to ourselves, okay, I see my reaction here. I see what happens. How can I put myself in a position to have a different reaction next time? And what drives us to do that really is our higher self giving us the compassion and the permission to say, hey, you know, you don't have to do it this way. Not only was it hurtful to your partner, but it was actually really hurtful to you. So, wow, I'm just really, really impressed with all of that work that you did after your breakup. And it's funny that you thought after the Mars retrograde, I think now the Mars retrograde is over. Um, so... That's really cool too. You know, I really can't tell you what to do, but I know as somebody who has been in relationships before that even if you and your ex didn't get back together, the fact that you want to write this letter and kind of explain and 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 say like this is where you're at and this is what happened with you because you don't want it to end on a place that wasn't actually your truth I think is very very beautiful and I I think that even though it is unconventional it is actually what should be happening more often um, and it actually helps people heal from their breakup. Now, I don't know what boundaries the two of you said or implemented after your breakup. And I think you should definitely respect those. But in my opinion, I think that that email, that letter sounds really, really lovely. And I think that what you need to do before you send it is to manage your expectations and understand exactly what the purpose of this is. The purpose of this is, isn't to get her back, right? It's to tell her your truth and to tell her that you would like to try again, but only if she does, only if she feels the same way. You don't want to put pressure on her to do anything that she doesn't feel is right for her on her journey and her healing, right? Because ultimately what you want is love and love is guides us on a path to what is loving for both people involved, not the path to what we think should happen, but letting ourselves be guided by a deeper truth within ourselves that's going to be open and surrender to, okay, if I put myself in a loving position, what would my choice be? And even if my choice is different from hers, that's information for me to know, okay, that the universe wants me to go in a different direction. And I trust that, right? I trust where love is guiding me. 
And part of the lesson of this breakup was that you let your fears guide you before, right? In the in the heat of the trigger. And there's nothing to be ashamed about that. It happens. But you want the breakup or the end of the relationship to come from a place of love. And I totally agree with you. I do. So I'm wishing you all of the love. Remember, don't have any expectations. The whole point of reaching out is to send that love, to share that truth because you think, because you genuinely care and love that person and think that they're an amazing person and you didn't want it to end on such a negative note and and, and in a way where you're saying things that you ultimately don't believe. I kind of want an update, but you know, <laughs> no pressure. All right. Wishing you the best. Content warning. The following question mentions suicide. Hi, Bunny. Um, I'm going to try to keep this brief. Um, you are amazing. I love in, in the first draft of this, I went on about you for the first two minutes. So I'm going to um, skip that. So I have a friend who's in a really dark place and I'm trying to be there for her. And um, she needs a lot of support. And I've, I've been friends with her for a while, but she's never been in this dark of a place and having some suicidal thoughts. And we have conversations that can go on for hours and she'll call me every day. And I told her a few times um, that it's, I really want to be there for her. And the main reason that she's in such a dark place is because she feels like she's too intense for all of her friends and that she's too overwhelming for them. So it was really hard for me to... Um, feel okay saying that um, because it's it's a big part of why she's in such a dark place. Um, but in large part, listening through your podcast, I found a way to kind of stand up for just where, where, what I can realistically do because I'm very overwhelmed in my own life. And... Um, and it kind of brings me to down just to a place where I can't handle my own things, which I'm already um, really stressed about. So I told her recently that maybe like if any time that she's in a really like a serious emergency, call me. And if she's in a dark place, just call me. But otherwise, if, if she just wants to check in, maybe once or twice a week um, would align more with what I can uh, realistically handle. And since then, um, I don't know, it, she kind of, it just feels like a little bit of a um, quota. And she says things like, I know we're not supposed to talk more than once a week, but I just wanted to schedule that call with you. Or I know I shouldn't be texting you. I shouldn't be calling you right now. And I don't know. It just, I, I feel glad that I um, 
said what I feel like I can emotionally handle, but I also want to see from you if there's a, a way of communicating it in a way that doesn't feel like some additional um, uh, limitation for her that that is reinforcing this idea that she's too much for everybody. And um, I've told her a, f a few times that that's, that's not the case, but it, it kind of feels to me like it doesn't sink in. And so I just wanted to hear um, from you about that. Um, okay, love you, Bunny. You are, I can't explain how much you've helped me in my life. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, love. I also see you sent a little add on to your question in the email. It says, also, I forgot to mention this in the recording. I want to also add that my priority is helping my friend through this dark place, not just making sure I'm not overwhelmed. I have suggested that she see a therapist for the last six months or so, which was also inspired by your suggesting that to listeners. And within the last month, I'm happy that she has started seeing one and said it feels like a pretty good fit. Well, I'm glad that you sent in that update and I'm so glad that you encourage your friend to go to therapy. That is amazing because what often happens in these situations is that we want to help our friends when they're really, really struggling, but we are also not capable of giving them the help that they actually need. And that is very, very common. What our friends and our loved ones need when they're really struggling with their self-worth and their mental health is mental health professionals, is people who have experienced dealing with this, is neutral parties, unbiased parties, people outside of the friend family circle, because we just aren't capable of being the help that they need as much as we want to be as much as we hope to be we just can't do it and that's why we feel such a strain right it's like you you keep trying you keep trying but it's not working the message isn't getting through the phone conversations are long and always about the same thing because nothing is changing and as much as we want them to listen to us and take our advice it's ultimately up to them and we just don't have the skill set to make that change. And also there's a reason why mental health professionals and therapists don't work with friends and family. You know, they're not their own kids therapists because it's so important to have that neutral, that neutral boundary. Those boundaries aren't just for you as the person who's trying to help them, but they're also for the person who needs help. I also want to say that we cannot control how other people perceive something, right? So your friend who is perceiving that they are too much, you know, for this person or that person, and they have this story in their head that they're too much, that could be from a wound from their childhood. You know, somebody telling them they were too much when they were young or not being there for them when they really needed it or, or having abandonment issues. And so now they see every other situation as a reflection of that because of their wounds. So even something as healthy as another person trying to set a boundary 
or not picking up the phone because they're busy, they could interpret that as, oh, they're I'm being too much and they don't care about me when that's not even necessarily true. What happens is when you're so overwhelmed with your own story, with your own wounds, all you can really see reflected back at you is a projection of that stuff. And you as their friend cannot control that perception. All you can control is being honest about what your needs are because your needs matter just as much as theirs. Um, Keeping healthy boundaries and exactly the things that you are doing. And if your friend continues to violate those boundaries, you can be honest with them and say, hey, when you text me when I've asked you that, when I've told you that I need space, it makes me feel like you don't care about what my needs are. And it that's hurtful to me because a friendship is really about hearing each other's needs. And I know that you're having a hard time, but I also have problems too, you know? So friendship and relationship is really about sometimes saying things that aren't easy to say, but knowing that they need to be said because that's what a healthy relationship looks like. Now, of course, there are times in our lives where one person is really, really having a hard time and you have to step up more often and you're the ear, you're hearing what they're going through most of the time and because they're going through something really hard, you know, maybe it's a death in the family or maybe it's a breakup. What is most important though, is that you feel even when you're in a certain phase like that, that if you were having a hard time, there was somebody that you can go to. That's a really important component to a relationship that you trust that somebody that you could lean on if you were really struggling. And sometimes that's really not how it is, unfortunately. You know, we end up in relationships where it's very one-sided. And as much as we care about them and want to be there for them, and we're on the phone with them talking about the same thing that you've been talking about where they're not necessarily heeding your advice or nothing's changing and, and you're hearing the same complaints over and over again. And at a certain point, you have to say, when is this relationship about both of us? You know, when are you going to ask me about me or when... When can I lean on you, right? So you intuitively know the balance. You're a very compassionate person. Obviously, you care deeply about this person. That love is there. Your needs matter as well. And the best thing that we can do for people is to set an example of what healthy looks like, of what love looks like, of what, the fact that we all matter looks like. We set the example, we set the tone. And it might not always go down well. But we can't control how other people perceive it. All we can do is do what we know our higher selves are calling us to do. And I feel that you are very much in touch with that. You're an awesome friend and I'm wishing your friend all the healing that they need and you as well. All the best.
Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Happy 111th episode, 111. I love that. Happy New Year. Take care of yourself. You did amazing. You got through 2022. Wow, that is awesome. You survived. Please, please be proud of yourself. It was not easy. But but let's not like beat around the bush. 2022 was not easy. And I have a really good feeling about 2023. Yes, of course, there's going to be challenges in the new year, but we are really evolving and we're awakening and we're bringing in more joy and we're taking care of ourselves and we deserve it. And I'm very, very hopeful and I feel really good about the new year. And I hope you do too. I'm sending you so much love. I love you. And so does your higher self. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.